right, welcome back, everyone, to Audio Pong. This is Marco speaking here. Next to me is Zach, as What's always. Up? And today we've got our guests, Philip and Nave from Gaming Together. They're going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about storytelling today in different forms, but mainly in video gaming. Before we do that, I just want to say thank you to our new patron, Camden, for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, spread the word, folks. Share Audio Pong with your friends. And also check out Gaming Together. There's a reason why they're with us here today. We love their podcast, so we want you to listen to them as well. So first, our, our, also let me uh, thank you guys for uh, doing this today. Uh, it's always fun when we do a conversation or have a podcast in general. And uh, as you know, with our show, we're always we're up to talk about any topic you want to talk about. It doesn't matter how controversial or silly uh, it is. But um, <laughs> so we're. I think it's safe to say we're all gamers, right? Yeah, we're all Absolutely. everyone here is a gamer, oh, yeah. video gamer. Yeah, we're all gamers. And one thing. I don't know about you guys, but I think about it all the time is the the storytelling in video games and really just how good it is in general, how it just, to me, blows Hollywood out of the water. A lot of different other um, entertainment medias, actually. That's the only reason I play video games is for the story. I don't really play video games because I like gameplay, per se. I really just like the story of most games, and I want to, ah. and I like the aspect of controlling the movie because that's kind of like what it is it's like a movie that you control and i think that's kind of cool you know, i think that's pretty interesting because yeah, I, like, I think that's a really wide spectrum yeah. even in one singular person you can have many different archetypes depending on your mood especially for me i'm like really eclectic with all kinds of things yeah i mean <clears throat> for like video games i mean i don't like certain gameplay styles like turn-based i can't stand it it doesn't matter how good your story is like uh what's that uh the new marvel game that came out uh marvel second midnight suns midnight suns oh. it looks cool but i'll never play that game <laughs> you know what i'm curious to know is uh let's oh, okay me my first question will be this favorite rpg storyline go philip uh the first one i can think of is Final Fantasy 15. Like that that one just jumped out to me. I don't know why. I'm sure there's probably better RPGs, but it's well, a really it's really new too. That's that's pretty modern. Yeah, well that was the first Final Fantasy that I really played and what got me is the whole premise of the game is it's uh basically boys on the road or boys road trip is the yeah, whole game yeah. and then things yeah. just happen along it the totally way. Is. Like um you you played it? One of you? Yeah, I've I've played it uh, through my friends. I because uh, I'm actually a really big Final Fantasy fan, and that's probably the one Final Fantasy I had don't own and or and or have beaten. Yeah. But I thought Conan O'Brien's he, he put it, this may not be you know verbatim, but he's like it's like watching uh like a like a Swedish punk rock band like travel across Nevada <laughs> in, in all leather. It's so stupid. <laughs> I was like, just like yeah, name is stupid. I could get that Let image out of my out head there. after that. Like the whole premise is like your boys take you out like it's like you're going to your wedding. The boys take you out for one last road trip. Uh, you're on your yeah. way back to the the castle to get married to hang out with your dad while you're gone. By the way, you're the crown prince. Uh, your dad gets yeah. murdered by a another nation that's led by your great great grandpa or, or uncle or something. I don't even remember. Uh, he kidnaps your bride to be because she's the princess of a semi-neutral Swedish country or something like that. And then you have to go rescue her while reclaiming the throne. And the whole time you're having an emotional journey with each of your, your bros that you've grown up with. And they're your sworn bodyguards, like your sworn swords at the same time. So you come into your own as a king, even though you're just 
you're just like a emo dark boy with your own edgy past and everything else. It's <laughs> stupid, but I really got into it. And I wanted so you're just to describing modern day war and peace. Is it? No, I don't know. That's a big one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it could have just been a literal translation. Pull out that education on me. Yeah, actually, I have no idea. I was just saying shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate it when he whips it back around to me. I don't know. I don't like doubling down. 15 is really interesting, though, because it's like you have that Instagram boy who's always taking pictures. This is the only real thing that stuck with me in that game. But you have a boy who's like always like taking pictures of stuff, photography nerd. And you can look in your album and like pick every night you go to sleep, you camp out with these guys. You get to pick the pictures, like a couple of them that you actually like. And he puts it in the photo album, throws the rest away. Well, at the very end of the game, it's very emotional. I'm not going to spoil anything crazy. But like at the very end of the game, there's like some real sad boy stuff happening. And then you take one last look at the photo album and you pick your favorite one. And you just flip, flip through this photo album. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later about like emergent narrative. But like you flip through this and it's completely random. This He's not taking pictures of the same thing in everyone's game. So everyone's going to have their own journey that they flip through and they're going to pick their favorite picture. And then that's going to be like this thing that shows up at the end of the credits. It's really like actually really heartwarming. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, that I think that's awesome. I didn't know that, that it was. I never played the game, but I've seen like clips of it. Like you're talking about the road trip aspect. That's like mainly what I saw was them just driving in the car. And it looks beautiful. Like it's a beautiful looking game. But like it's turn based, is, at least I, I figure it is because it's Final Fantasy uh, and most of those games are. It's actually uh, like an action type combat system. It's yeah, it's really? similar to uh, my favorite Final Fantasy, believe it or not, is, is 12. And the combat system in 15 is very similar to 12. It's very, like, in-the-moment action. It's, it's like a mix of, like, uh, what do they call it? It's like ATS or something. like. It's a mix of turns, so you still have... Uh, yeah. um, or is 15 that way? I forget, actually, if, if it no, has... No, you can button mash in 15. Oh, okay. And it's, it's full oh. action combat. Uh, the last one that had the action bars was 13, I think, that had ATB bars, which was like... That's what it was, ATB, needed right, to right. charge up so many bars before you could act. But you could act out of turn if you just use less bars. What was the name of that? Uh, I can't remember. There was an RPG that it was sort of like a under the table hit for me. Like it should have been a bigger game. It was called White Knight Chronicles. I think does that sound familiar? White no, Knight Chronicles. That. That, Knight Chron that was a yeah, yeah. White Knight game, Chronicles. Right? Yeah, do you guys remember that one? So that what was unique about that one is it had, it had an ATB system that was really fun, and it had something you rarely see in a single player RPG or any game for that matter, but you had like a town building like mini game. So it kind of reminded me of like uh, breath of fire. If you guys have ever played that series or any of those games, they're famous for like their mini games, right? Like stuff you could just do on the side, like any, pretty much any Japanese RPG, really, when you think about it. <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was so cool. And one of the cooler aspects of it was you could build this town and you had limits on to how you could design it based on choice, but then you could share that space with other players of white knight chronicles so when they when they visited like a certain area of the game map they would walk into your town you know just like randomly kind of like a, a dark souls multiplayer aspect before way before dark souls it's pretty maybe cool. not way before but yeah so yeah final fantasy 15 uh that's something that's definitely a game i think i'm going to come back to and play i think the only reason i didn't get it yet was i pretty much spoiled it for myself um, by you know knowing too much about the storyline and watching cutscenes and stuff like that, but I'll come back to it eventually. But if it's more of a button mash game, I guess I'll have to go check it out then. It sounds like it could be interesting. Combat it looks beautiful. Isn't really worth it. Almost you know like 
it's weird to say what you actually do in this game, but it feels like it's just a journey almost because the combat is just okay. Uh, the cutscenes are kind of cringe in some parts. Uh, a lot of the interactions that you actually get in the game or the quest are kind of, they feel like time wasters. But whenever I was doing it, like playing the game, I was kind of isolated a little bit. Like I didn't, I wasn't playing games online with my friends or anything. Uh, I was just getting back into gaming really. And I got Game Pass. And one of the first things I downloaded was Final Fantasy 15. So it became like kind of a, a friend simulator for me whenever I was playing it, that I would just <laughs> log in and grind out hours with these cute anime boys. And that's just all the gaming I was doing. Are you saying the ramen noodle advertisement side mission is a waste of time, Philip? Because that was my yeah. favorite side mission. Where you gather ingredients for cup noodles? Yeah, for Nissan cup noodles. Yeah. Or you have to go. You have to go and check out the new wedding dress because that's what you know. Six guys dressed in leather do on their, <laughs> their, their, their well, time off. <laughs> uh, the, the, from what I did play and did see for the game, it, uh, um. I don't know what the, I don't know what the terminology would be, but it was a little off recipe, and yet not for a Final Fantasy game. I think it was just a, just their modern attempt, you know, like they're trying because that was what's, I think historically cool about Final Fantasy games is they always try to try something new, right? They want to like wow you a little bit somehow, you know, make it feel not fresh. Pokemon. Did you see that the ESRB no. rating for Final Fantasy 16 got released? And um, it's like it's like rated M for mature, and there's things like hate crimes and prostitution <laughs> in there. And I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> like, what is this game going to be doing?" Well, Final Fantasy games used to do that without yeah, having to label it. Like, if you go back and play like six or seven or even five, like they've got all that. There's lots of like slate. There's slavery. Like, there's all these like really mature themes, which I don't know about. What do you guys think about? Well, okay, we'll save that question. Let's go. To Nave now, what's your favorite RPG? I want to go round table and see. Um, I had an answer and I forgot it, and so now the first thing that's coming to my head yeah, is like... Lost Odyssey. Oh. Oh, I thought we were talking about JRPGs. Are we talking about regular? It could be any RPG you want. Yeah. Oh God, maybe Dragon Age Origins. I'm not sure. I well, think I was it's expecting Dragon Age Origins to be Mass Effect because you talk about it like forever. Oh yeah, I love. It. Well, Mass Effect is so referential. You can like. Almost anyone can like understand when you're talking about like a couple like I don't know what I'm talking about. Dragon Age is so much more niche than Mass Effect is, so it's so much easier to evoke memories of Mass Effect than Dragon Age. But I prefer Dragon Age Origins over all of the Mass Effects, even though I think I probably had more of an emotional journey throughout the trilogy of Mass Effect. But that's mostly because the trilogy is consistently good. Meanwhile, Dragon Age Origins is the only good Dragon Age game that was ever made. Oh man, I bristle at that. We, we can have we can have we can we can pocket that one and come back to it if you want. Because I I was so upset with Dragon Age Origins, it's not even funny. I, and I played it wow. twice. That's how mad I was. Well, <laughs> how does that the, make sense? I had a friend who was put. I kept playing it and going, I hate this because I was trying to play it my way, and he was just like, I swear, dude, just play a warrior. And, like and be a tank until you understand how to actually play the game because of course i was trying to play like <laughs> dynasty warriors and that's not how you play that game but mm. once i did that once i played through as a human warrior i was just it's like everything else is hard mode even human warrior dps is hard mode in that game it's so easy to fail oh boy then uh i, I don't know i see for i'll say this like 
I thought the exact same thing too until I discovered the bugs that that game had. So like one example was I thought warriors were just like every other game, right? And I, the the yeah. running theme in my head is if you're melee, you're just you're just sort of like the janitor or the bitch because everything else is stronger and better than you, right? So it's really just more like a thematic love as opposed to a functional one. But they there is a haste buff in in origins right mm -hmm. and you can yeah. couple it with, with another speed buff and if you do that your melee attacks the speed of your melee attacks are so fast that using special attacks are useless so you really just go in there and just become a cuisinart and you just chop 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 and when i discovered that the game immediately flipped on its head and became easy mode i i killed a, the my first or second dragon that i was struggling with just by doing that and it was an accidental occurrence because i had set the ai on a on a follower to just you know I'm like just screw it just buff just do nothing but buff you're worthless right yeah and that's all she did she was like a druid or something and when those two speed buffs doubled up on each other my my main character just went ape shit and just ran through everything ran through the the, the ads the henchmen and the dragon like it was nothing god you're making but, me want uh, to play more dragon <laughs> i know now you gotta go back and try that right because that that made that was fun for me the one you know was interesting about that that was the first game i played that not only was fully voiced um uh, like every dialogue is fully voiced and well like well voice acted for the most part but there are some conversations that were so long i remember i was i was talking to the druid people the tree people or whatever i was in some forest and I just finished a mission. I spent four, literally spent 45 minutes going through the dialogue of this NPC just because I'm OCD completionist, right? I got to discover yeah. everything. And literally 45 minutes later, I mean, I was bored. Like, I don't remember what the hell she was even talking about, but I just had to do it. <laughs> a lot but of I war. Was, I was blown away. That is something hard to do whenever you have, like, such an expansive universe in games. Like, I, I, I highly recommend people whenever they're playing any RPG that has, like, tons and tons of lore that you should just kind of like go at your own pace and do what you feel like you would do in the situation rather than try and check everything off and get overwhelmed really fast because there's always the additional playthrough which a lot of these rpgs encourage with all of their different like uh usually they have a whole bunch of uh branching narrative and a whole bunch of customization of your characters like classes and everything like that like with that mm -hmm. implicit ability to replay the game and have a completely unique experience that can be kind of a playthrough of cleanup where you're going through and figuring out like it's like mass effect you can't do renegade and paragon all the way the entire game right you can either go full renegade full paragon or just do what you think is correct in the moments which i recommend by the way but um yeah i don't know what i'm talking about i lost my train of thought what That's do you right, mean? Don't you don't care. like those no, parts of Mass Effect where you, there's a renegade option where it says, like, shut this man up, and you click it, and then you shoot him in the head? Yeah, dude, I love those. They're so funny. Or the the uh, the lady that's uh, harassing you, the reporter, and you're just like, I'm done with this conversation. Bah! I just punch her right in the mouth. <laughs> that's I'm not like, what oh I like. You can't do just that. Just McClintock, huh? Just MacGyver her. Nice. All right, Zach, you're next. What's your favorite RPG of uh, all time? Okay, I'm trying to. Th I've been trying to think this whole time. I'm. I'm thinking like Dragon's Dogma though. Oh. Uh, like that. That's that's an RPG, right? You classify that. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? That's like the best RPG ever made, dude. All right, all right. Well, game. then I'm glad I chose it. <laughs> I, I qualify it. That game um, I like that a lot. Um, my my problem with that game though is that I didn't like. 
I guess I didn't develop my relationships properly in that game because at the end, all of a sudden, the the princess was in love with me. And I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, I was like, I was not expecting that. Like, I was, I didn't really woo her. I didn't know. Like, I don't think I wooed anyone else though. Like, it's I just said Zach presence, man. But like, yeah, there was something I made. I did make me in the game. I <laughs> I made like a, a I giant me, and I was like, this is the best. And I, I was actually, I made my pawn look like the my girlfriend at the time too it was so good oh man <laughs> and she was just all she was doing was casting heel on me like this is the best <laughs> <laughs> sticky controller syndrome and that <laughs> but it was really was fun uh, i liked uh, all the different kinds of monsters i thought that was really cool because it was very like it was it was very accurate to lore in that aspect of like uh how the monsters look like the chimera um the i can't remember what the lizard things were in the swamp like or the, the salamander people yeah like the, yeah. those things um they had you know had dragons and everything i was like this this game like it surprised me on how many monster types there were like that's what i and i really liked that i thought that was really cool the story was fun every i just yeah i really liked it it was a good one i agree that is like one of the best for me that's one of the best rpgs ever ever made i i may even i may even choose it as mine because it's just so it's just so good i think though the um for me the first rpg because i that's all i really played and really all all i still play for the most part is rpgs but when i was younger um i don't even remember how young i must have been a teenager there was a game for the playstation one called um vagrant story do you guys remember vagrant story on the ps1 nah i remember the box art i remember so vagrant story yeah so the okay so the art style um in vagrant story was was eventually adapted to become sort of like the default art style for modern final fantasy games so like if you play 12 or 14 or 13 even Mm -hmm. the world that they're set in the politics and races that's all from um are derived from vagrant story right but vagrant story even to this day has the most unique crafting like interesting crafting and combat system that i can think of and basically you hit a button and the game became like uh, like vats like it was vats before the mm-hmm. vats existed and the sphere explodes from the character and anything in that the, the range of the spheres depend or determined by the weapon that you're wielding right so daggers and one-handed swords like a gladius they're pretty short right they're close quarter and of course spears are further and then whatever lands in that sphere um is what you can target and it's done by body part so because different monsters have different weaknesses, right? If you're fighting like, uh, I don't know, like a golem or something, it doesn't really have a, a neck or a head. So it's very difficult to hurt it there. So you have to go for like the hands or the feet, things like that. So it was very cool. And then, you know, the animation even for the time was done so well that your character would properly aim for those parts of the character when he attacked. And then on top of that, they had what was called an affinity system. And the affinity system was every time you use because all weapons were crafted by you and by materials that you chose kind of like dagger false you like gold and mithril or like any of the elder scrolls games right yeah and each material type had affinities based on the enemies you were fighting and when you fought enemies the more you fought them the stronger you made the weapon against them so it incurred like it made grinding fun basically like i wanted to go back to the you know the sewers to kill the the lizard people or whatever because i wanted to make this spear that could just annihilate them later in the game you know or be be better at fighting a boss or something like that 
and it's it funny, was it makes just you think about like whenever yeah. you get a name sword or something like that you find a sword that someone's been grinding in the sewer on rats or something like oh i got rat master 9000 this thing has yeah. killed a bajillion rats and is really good at killing them no that's funny thought like yeah like i wish more games had that kind of style of, of, of humor even because like a lot like you said like a lot of times the storyline behind like a blade was like all oh, the, the amount of blood it drank in like such and such battle or whatever it's like well yeah well what if it was just belonged to some kid who was an orphan in the sewers and he just killed nothing but cockroaches and rats <laughs> you know it's like why isn't that why doesn't that name why doesn't that sort of have a name you know i've been listening it's to the audiobook for the hobbit and so that I just you just evoked a memory of that book, Philip, where there's a Frodo has the sword made by elves that has been killing goblins, and when they get captured, they're like they are murderers. Yeah, Sting, and he's like they're murderers. This sword is an elf. Uh, I mean, an, uh, a goblin killer. And I was just like, oh, that's a goofy ass way to get, like railroad them. That was like such a D and D way to railroad them into getting arrested. Yeah, it is. It is. Even the context is kind of funny, right? It's just like. Um... Because that you see that so that okay so that's something that we could also talk about too that I noticed like modern how the storytelling the narratives have like adjusted based on the times right so if you notice like now villains aren't like cut and dry like they used to be right like the the evil you know like Japanese demon emperor you know just cut and dry like oh, okay obviously he's bad he just wants to destroy yeah. the world with evil power but now it's like well villains are just you know, they were once heroes that fell or they were, you know, they were uh, people who tried to do good, but, uh, but, you know, constantly didn't succeed or whatever. Like they have a troubled past. Like they could have, they could, they could still maybe be saved. The kind of the Vader complex, um, if you want to call it that. Those I, I don't know. Ones, I just, yeah. yeah, I just find, sometimes I find that interesting. Other times I feel like I'm like, no, no, he's, 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 he's bad. <laughs> he's no good. Like he has to be eliminated. But that's, they, that's what I like about Marvel and like for comics is that like they're yeah. here their their villains are way more complex in that sense it's like their That's morality true. like dr doom like you know he's he's you know he just wants to protect his country you know and that's what he cares about and yeah he kind of goes about it in a, in a bad way but i mean that's what's i find that interesting it's like what are the motivations behind it because like in in life i feel like evil people don't see themselves as evil you know they they yeah. feel like at least it, and in general as long as you're not crazy like you feel like you're doing the right thing for some reason right so like i find that to be imitated in in art to to be i don't know it's like an exploration of the mind mm -hmm. i think there's room for all kinds of different villains like that like i really enjoy the human and relatable villains like you know in dc people watch people read batman because of the villains and their uh, and all of their archetypes rather than what Batman is fucking doing, right? And so it's like there's still a and and there's still room for the black and white villain because it kind of also impersonates this primal uh, idea, this like the malevolence of the universe. You know what I mean? The entropy that we, that we all experience, like everything is like the heat death of the universe kind of thing. This whole all almost every JRPG goes into this in the end game where you're killing God and stuff like that, like trying to overcome literally the thing that cannot be overcome and that's something that you can explore in video games because video games are so much more personal since you are the one interacting with the medium rather than sitting there absorbing a story that's being told to you yeah, not to make weird. this a point final fantasy podcast but have you guys played uh <laughs> chaos killer or stranger of paradise uh no actually i have, I have not i'm oh man aware, no spoilers it's very but good <laughs> it is the perfect combination of 
the villain being a uh I don't know, like being a morally I don't know, like morally a good character that intentionally does evil things to accomplish good things. Like it is it's so good. Like the game is cringy and rough, but I loved it so much. Oh, uh, you just made year. me think that see that that so I do like yeah, like I, I actually many times often I think I feel like I do like a villain who is someone who tried to do good and then it you know for whatever reason like the way you just describe it you just maybe think of a, a pc game called um did you guys ever play um uh dark messiah heroes of might and magic yeah i played no, on the yeah not much okay that game so that gets that's a pretty simple kind of arcade like medieval first person shooter if you will yeah. right but but it what's so awesome about that game is how well it lets you decide the fate of like your own character's fate and really kind of the fate of the world. And what I liked was when you discover like the whole time you're, you know, it, the game starts off, you know, cookie cutter, evil necromancers sending, you know, the undead after the living. Oh, what a bad guy. Right. Yeah, but him. then you find out that what he's really doing is he's removing the, the evil, like the evil humans, like the evil living people from the world. Right. In order to prevent this demon, which is basically the game's version of Satan, from returning to Earth. So he's doing the dirty work to save humanity. But humanity doesn't understand it or doesn't want to understand it. And, and that secret is kept from the people as well by, by of course, the people in power who are generally the evil ones. that They're, they're the real corrupt ones. So you get – it's kind of interesting because you – you like you gain these demon type powers and you can decide to like let them fly free in you and just go crazy with it or you can subdue it and become a sacrifice become a martyr and you know let basically let the villain kill you at the end of the game i thought that was really cool like i've, I've i don't think i've seen that since oh well that sounds just like almost dark souls one just some slight <laughs> twist i guess dark yeah. souls fans any Oh yeah, I, I uh, actually I've been a fan of um, what's the studios? I always forget their name. Um, From Soft. From Soft. Yeah, so I've been a fan of theirs ever since the Kingsfield, Kingsfield. games. Yeah. Oh, my brother and I used to sit down on the couch, and we I would rent like a Kingsfield game, and we would just take turns playing it, or I would we would just watch each other. Like that was you know archaic streaming for us, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like couch yeah, couch streaming. Couch streamers. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh oh. Uh, yeah, I, I love those games. And it's funny to me because it's always it's always the same story, like especially with the Kingsfield games. It's like quite literally the same plot in every game. Find the sort of light, kill the kill the Dark Emperor. That's it. Like every game. It just plays out differently. Well, you brought up like having a choice at the end. It yeah. It's very interesting how many games go with that choice at the end and how it leaves it so much open to like interpretation. Like the end of Dark Souls 1, spoilers. At the end, you can kill God and basically break the cycle and doom the world right. to possible darkness, maybe, question mark? You're not really sure. Or you can absorb God's flame, ignite yourself, and become God again and continue the cycle until another person comes and does the same to you. Basically, you know, replays the whole game. Hmm. Or What's have you guys play yeah, Bastion? What? Because Bastion? Bastion? Oh, yeah, Bastion. That's a really, that That's another, like sleeper hit and then that's like what well, that's an er, that's in the early days of independent like studio games that was that was like a really quality game yeah. that i would say uh spoilers for bastion at the end like there's a huge cataclysm where th there's two warring nations uh one of them uses a weapon we don't know which side i don't i don't think it's implicitly said 
but one of them causes basically the destruction of thousands of lives. Everyone dies. You find out there's a bastion with a failsafe for this cataclysm that can revert back right before time travel. Everything goes back. All your memories are gone. No one remembers it, but maybe things play out differently this time. Or you can use the bastion to fly off and maybe find a different place to live. You have basically like two other survivors that are with you and you guys can just escape pod away from this part of the planet and maybe find a life elsewhere. And so you get a choice at the end of the game to replay the game, like just restart everything, redo everything again or move on. So it's like, do you believe that maybe humans will be better this time around or do you just move on and let the past be the past? I think, uh, what you guys are hitting on really well is that video games have the ability to have this choice and consequence. Um, oh, am I freezing? No, I'm good. They have the ability to make this choice and consequence like at the forefront of their narrative, and that makes everything so much more interactive. Like having these, be, having to be able to, having the ability to change what the outcome of the story is and what uh, the ending will be. I. I, it reminds me of stuff like the Goosebumps, choose your own adventure kind of things, where mm-hmm. you flip to page fifty if you want to jump off the ledge and stuff like that. Um, there's o- that's really the only way that I can relate this to any other medium or of, of media. You know what I mean? So I'm a big fan of comic book character video games when they're done well. And it really actually upsets me that the only two I can think of are Batman and Spider-Man. Though I think they ace them most of the time, which is pretty good. But my all-time favorite comic book character, other than maybe Spawn, is Superman. And I just don't understand. Well, I, I understand, but I think I have a solution for making a good Superman game. But why, it's like, why hasn't anyone done a good one yet? Why are they all been, well, they're all trash. I can't think of a good Superman game, so, you know. Well, you have the era as well. Those games were difficult to make. Um, oh, because of the flying and the yeah, powers? Yeah, the flying, the powers, like everything. It's There's a lot of effects going on, a lot of a lot of stuff happening with Superman. Yeah. So those games would be difficult to make uh, and like, you know, the mid-early 2000s, you know, because that's really, when was the last... Superman game. I feel like it was PS One, right? No, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Wasn't the, the Xbox One based on Superman Returns, right? Oh, was it? That uh, was the last one I remember Xbox liking one? the flying. Said? I don't know. It was Xbox One or I don't know the generations of Xbox. I was never an Xbox fan. It's not as clear cut as the PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what year was it? I mean, it was right after when Superman. What Superman Returns came out in what oh seven oh eight something like that. Yeah, so that's Around like then. that's like PS Two ish. Yeah, like yeah, PS2 or PS3, something like that. Yeah. I think yeah, there's something inherently wrong. difficult game to make. Or not wrong, but like something inherently difficult to make a Superman game, and that's just how OP Superman seems to be. And it's like in games like that, how do you raise the stakes? How do you like make things seem dramatic? Uh, usually in Superman games, it's the people you're trying to save that is the object of failure. Usually, it's because they fail, they died, or they were captured. But mm. then again, Superman can like go to different galaxies and back in like milliseconds, right? Like it's a weird character to kind of have to build a game around. The the game that really comes to mind, uh, that's kind of in a similar situation, but actually pulled it off is Deadpool, where Deadpool 
he doesn't really die. I don't. I'm not really familiar with comic books and comic book characters, but I know Deadpool kind of regenerates. Like he he is like an he's, he's like, like Wolverine. Wolverine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in that game, because Deadpool is such like a fourth wall breaking character, he's always referencing that he knows he's in a video game and that he knows there are video game developers. He even like fourth wall breaks that they're running out of budget. And then it, the game shifts from a third person action game to a, a 2d side scroller for a little while because they don't have enough money to make a third person game anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, it's like, how can you do something like that with Superman and the medium of video games, with it being so interactive, like how do you play the the altruistic uh, god care god hero, but don't run around picking up taxis and smashing civilians GTA style? Like I would probably immediately start trying to do. <laughs> I think I got one for you, Nave. Uh, if I might step in here, see my biggest issue with like how do you make a Superman game is like how would you design the control scheme for that? Because everyone knows in like I don't know like in the Spider Man games. We see there seems to be two major, I haven't played them, but it looks like there's two major kind of control schemes where there's uh, just like the free web swinging around when you're moving around the city. You have like your traversal type controls, and then you mm -hmm. get into the Arkham style beat em up sections where you're so like good. seen from like an upper point of view and you're like doing your combos and jumping around and fighting everyone. Like you're completely controlling the character in very different ways in those two stages. And then I right. think they have like the quick time events in those games, right? Yeah. 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 So I feel like to make a Superman game, you need to have more clear, different controlling sections where maybe like you're like, we talked about how he can fly to different universes in milliseconds or whatever. Insanely overpowered. Uh, maybe there's like a flying mode or like a slowed down time mode where he is moving faster than the speed of light or whatever, or faster than a sunbeam. I don't know what Superman does. <laughs> Faster than the speed of sound originally. Oh, speed of, speed of sound, speed of train, all that stuff. Or bullet, yeah, bullet than sound. Bullet. Yeah, and then oh, bullet. Okay. Quite the inaccuracies of comic book lore in this conversation is blowing my mind. Excuse me, professor. <laughs> I, 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 I've holding a lot recently, okay? So yeah. <laughs> for this conversation. That reminds well, me Superman from uh, the Multiverses game or Injustice. Like, that's the only Superman I really oh, know from video Demon games. <laughs> you, you stole it from me. I was going to say the best Superman games are the Injustice games because all of those games are just Superman does a thing, does whatever he wants, and then everyone around him reacts to what Superman is doing. And I think that that is the problem. He's like a narrative black hole where you either have to use some weird, goofy thing like either magic or like kryptonite or stuff like that, like a, a, a MacGuffin, basically, to stop superman from doing evil things or because in injustice he's evil that's the whole plot line of the game is that he likes killing people now and it's like <laughs> how do you how do you stop that and in the it, it reminds me of marvel versus capcom actually uh, or not marvel versus capcom uh marvel dc mortal Kombat. what is superman i'm getting confused now he's but uh, it's uh it's Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. That is the game I'm thinking of, where the entire game is someone developed a pill that makes you as strong and indestructible as Superman. And that is why Su Scorpion doesn't get his head knocked off of clean off his shoulders when Superman punches him in the face. because, Or why Joker can fight Wonder Woman, right? It's like that's the only – because everyone ate a pill that made them super strong. And it's like those things, those like weird – uh, mental gymnastics that you have to play around like the strongest of the of the comic book characters makes it very difficult to kind of you have to have a lot of uh, uh, 
separation from reality whenever you're trying. I can't remember the specific term, but you have to like separate yourself from like what is realistic in the situation and just try to enjoy the game as it's being presented to you. And not a lot of people are able to do that right off the bat. And first impressions are so important. So if your first impression is Superman's way stronger than the Joker, why didn't he just die when he got punched? That's dumb. I don't care anymore. Then if if you're in, that's you'd be inclined to not like the material. If that any of that makes sense. <laughs> no, you no I, I get what you're saying, but I, I, I don't think it's really that hard to make a, a strong character uh, in a video game, especially when you have stories already written for you uh, with Superman. Like, everything's already written, so you just take whatever popular line that you want that's a Superman comic, and you just adapt that into a video game. Like, that, I, that couldn't be too difficult. I mean, just look at, like, God of War. He's a fucking god, right? So there's not much stronger than that, you know, and he's he, he has trials and tribulations, and you can do that with Superman, too. Superman, he... I, I think that he is a very uh, morally upright person and he doesn't have any problems with that. That's my main problem with Superman is that he just doesn't seem to have like a, um, it, it's not a difficult choice ever. Like he always just does the right thing no matter what, like it's just inherent to him, but you can still create, he still does have a hard time dealing with being the last Kryptonian, right? Like that there's still inter interesting narratives to go down um for him so you can still create like a good story which they do you know there are good superman stories i just don't find him as compelling as some do um as a character because it's well, you know, kind of relate well i also think i actually Zach, you're kind of in my mind there with that one because that, that's one way i think of i think of uh, like a trope with superman especially in a video game is that he has to be sort of like hulk smash right but there's like a really well-told story about Superman would be an interesting game as well. I also think like when you mentioned like flying through the, through space to different planets and stuff like that, I also think that there's things you could do only with Superman that'd be really interesting and new in a video game. Like I had a dream once where I could literally jump off the planet and then land on the moon and then jump from the moon and then land on <laughs> Mars. So it was like, <laughs> it was so fun, right? It was like the most fun dream. And I, and I thought, man, just now we're talking like, how awesome would that be if I could just leap or bound as Superman to just different planets? Cause you have games like no man's sky where, you know, you have literally an infinite like universe of like galaxies and planets to go to. You wouldn't even need that. You could just take one galaxy, let's say, and, and generate something, you know, similar. And how cool would it be to go for like, from like you know to like new genesis or something from like earth to new genesis as superman by just flying or, or zipping or literally like bounding to it i mean you that, know, no that... no load screen you just like you watch the character like bound through space and then wham you're in a totally new environment like you know like all these like space age you know neotech and shit like that 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 to me would be very cool i think that would be a good game um for superman it would be something to do with dark side i mean what other yeah there's no I what mean, other villain compares to zod him. yeah but um that could be fun too uh, uh like just playing out that movie where zod comes to earth and then they take over you know her zod and his uh i forget his wife's name and he has a son or something like that too um that might actually be new 52 which is kind of I garbage think yeah, um, is, yeah. <laughs> i think in, i think in order to tackle something like that i think you guys are on like what is unique about this character what can we do with this character in order to make something evocative and it's like i I think that that's the right path, and it's, I also like the idea of personal conflict in a large-scale 
uh, situation kind of thing. Like having a very interpersonal relationship with Superman and the people that are around him while he's trying to do these things. I think that it would be very important to tackle something like that because you can't look large scale with Superman because he just wins, right? Like he just Whoa. like what he it, it whenever you brought up God of War, it really reminded me of a lot of the with God of War Ragnarok just releasing recently. There's been a lot of this looking back on the entire series and remembering these kind of uh, cognitive dissonance moments where it's like God he just he put his fingers in the face of Zeus and ripped him apart, but you can't walk over that tree like you you have these moments where it's like you're in god of war like trying to solve a puzzle and it's like why can't kratos just like jump 50 feet in the air and land on the top of that and then hold his it's like it's it makes everything very confusing whenever you try to make a uh, a huge character a, a human in both the story and physically Right. No, you, you depower. You're trying to power scale really is what you're doing. You're trying to match your environment to your character, which is a difficult thing. I mean, and any any element uh, or medium, I should say, has that trouble, right? Video games have that trouble. Comic books have that trouble. Movies have that trouble. When you like look at, I mean, I, I haven't seen Black Adam, but I heard some very bad things about it. And then like how it just didn't make a lot of sense and how some people were like, well, you heard me tear it apart. That's probably <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true, <laughs> but it, that, 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 that's a, that's an issue is power scaling. And that, that's across the board in any, in any, medium when you bring two characters together it's like even when you have the the hulk versus wolverine like eh, does wolverine really have a chance against the hulk i mean <laughs> i mean that dude can deflect bullets off his skin so he's, he's you know you're not really gonna pierce that with some adamantium i just don't think so wasn't there but, a funny quote by stan lee what, i think it was stan lee where he said where someone asked him how they choose who wins in comic books and he says something like whoever's writing it's like who yeah. how does, yeah, how does writing win? whoever's more popular whatever makes the story go where it needs to go i mean that's it's just <laughs> it's, it's really just wwe wrestling for a lot of it who's the winner you of know? the week I mean, yeah right which is always called it's always steve austin my problem though man you're talking about ragnarok it's I, I i love god of war right it's one of the reasons i went to school to to make video games right that was uh, something I always wanted to do was write stories for video games. I went to school for it and everything. Didn't get into it, like the the field. But that's you know that's a different path, different life. That's okay. Um, but my problem with Ragnarok and, and the last God of War is that he's he's too tamed. He's not Kratos anymore, and and it makes sense. It's an evolution of his character, and I like that. I like that he that he that he has growth. That's cool. But as a player. I want to play a vicious, <laughs> brutal monster. Like, that's what I want out of Kratos. I don't want this, like, yes. this brooding yeah. philosopher yeah. warrior. Yeah, yeah, it's just not as fun. <laughs> it's like, like man, I, like, when, when you're, you, there's this point where you're going down this, the, these tracks and you get derailed and then you pop up out of, like, the, this, this, like, um, whatever cart, right? And a troll is there and he just, with no effort, you, he just hacks through it. And this thing's like huge. It's like twice your size. And but then like later, I'm having trouble with the Draugr. It's like what the what is this? This makes no sense. Yeah, you gotta suspend like, your disbelief. I, I was so like was I'm, yeah, and so frustrated. I'm like, 
and I, and I try to rationalize it in my head, right? It's like, okay, how can this make sense so I can enjoy this freaking game? Because that's really all I want to do is enjoy the game. And, and the, the only conclusion I can come to is like, okay, maybe he's just trying to prepare Atreus, right? Because Atreus, this is Atreus's journey, maybe. Maybe that's what this is about. This is about, because I haven't finished Ragnarok yet. Yeah. But maybe that's like his point is like he's 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 holding back so atreus can can learn to become as strong as him but not through the same path that kratos became strong because he does want he's a he's a good dad you know he he, he cares i mean really that's all it takes i guess to be a, a good father is as long as you care and you're there that's that's really what matters and that's what he's trying to do is he's trying to prepare his son for the future when he's not there but i don't know it's just frustrating I no, I agree. I, I have a lot of problems with that character too, especially the, the modern version, because I mean, I mean, they really just make him mortal again. I mean, he's obviously aged. So it's like, if he's a God, why is he aging? Right. Why? I mean, well, I mean, in, 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 in Norse mythology, Ethun, right. Mm. She, she has apples and in the game you right. find her apples and that extends your life. Right. Uh, and in Norse mythology, it's the apples the are like, the fountain, apple. they're like yeah. the fountain of youth, right? right. It, it keeps you young and you have to continuously eat these throughout your, your life to stay young. When she gets kidnapped by uh Thiazi, I think it is um, one of the, the, the giants, right? Uh, all the gods get old and they start to like, you know, show their age. Um, and they start to like wither and stuff and become weak. Even Thor becomes weak and then they have to like, you know, get Ethan back and everything. But he's not from. No, he's not. But I mean, saying that gods can't get old. I mean, that's, that, no, I that's meant, all I was yeah, no, going I, off of. You're right. You're right. For like the Norse mythology, it totally works out that way. And I actually like that they have, that, that they're kind of mortal in that way. But I mean, like with the, with Kratos, with the Greek gods. Although I guess, you know, the, it, it is, now that I think about it, Zeus is often depicted as sort of elderly, right? Yeah. So it's like, why? <laughs> if he's immortal, because he's the father. He's what? Yeah, yeah father, right. Or am I thinking of Norse again? Yeah, he Zeus has his own father, right? Yeah, well, the I mean, Titans. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So, but so does Odin. Odin has a father too. Yeah, um, it's a Bori. Bor, yeah, yeah. Bor, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, Zeus has Kronos, and Kronos is Ernos, Uranos, or something like that. Ernos, Uranos, Uranos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hercules shout out to disney <laughs> dude that is a movie i for whatever reason i can always watch i love it's a good hercules. one it's just so, oh, good so good for me yeah it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing you know you just put it if it's on i have to watch it kind of thing it'll just steal my attention speaking of movies and speaking of sony and all of that stuff i wanted to talk about something similar to what you were complaining about with the uh Whatever, oh, man. We just had went through so many things, so now I don't even know where know. the train of thought started. But um, the movie movies that try to emulate or games that try to emulate movies as hard as they can, and this has been a really serious problem in Sony's camp right now, with mm -hmm. you know The Last of Us and Horizon and God of War, and there's even other games like y Yakuza. One of my favorite series is, is also guilty of this. Metal Gear Solid, the games that really try to be movies more than they try to be games at a lot of points in time, and. Uh, I want to contrast that with games that use the medium that they're in as part of the narrative. And there are a lot of examples that are that are like this, with uh, which loops back around to the branching narratives that we were talking about also. Uh, Spec Ops The Line is like one of the... It's on the pedestal of the epitome of video game narrative for me. I don't know if you guys have played Spec Ops The Line, have you? It's like a 360 no. PS3 game. Ooh. Well, okay, so I can't spoil anything. <laughs> I probably wouldn't spoil much anyways, because I recommend everyone 
if you like video games and you like narrative, you have to go play Spec Ops: The Line, <laughs> and it's it's incredible. And it uses the ideas of like the games that surrounded it because this was peak Call of Duty, Battlefield, Medal of Honor time. This was the Xbox 360, PS3 generation. Everything's gray with the stoic man staring at the box art with the gun in his hand. That's how all the box arts looked, and that's how this game's box art looks. And this game it coaxes you in. It is a extreme critique of the uh the idea that y that playing these games to feel good is dumb and it is so incredible it's 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 i can't talk about it now because you guys definitely don't no want to talk it. about but yeah, um well the point i think it. you're trying to make is when the in the narrative they give you such an interesting point that's usually like a, a switch or a twist it might not even need to be like a real like narrative type twist but whenever it lets you recontextualize everything you've experienced so far and what you're going to experience in the future of the game, I feel like that that's something special in games that we don't always see in our other medias. There are many times in that oh, game yeah. where uh, there is doublespeak happening, where the game, not like 1984 doublespeak. Um, okay, but like that's what the, I thought you meant. Yeah. <laughs> The game, mm -hmm. the game is talking to Walker, your character, but the game is also looking right at the screen and talking directly to you as a player. And like, there are many things, like where Philip said, where uh, you experience something late in the game that flips everything on its head. That whenever you play through a second time, recontextualizes literally everything that happens in the entire game. And it, that kind of incredible, uh, that kind of incredible perk is unique to video games because of their interactivity and because of like the culture surrounding the video games i'm not sure in like a generation that spec ops the line will be as as time goes on i think spec ops the line is a little bit less impactful than it used to be but you can still see this uh incredible almost finger wag it's like it's like the it's like it's the heart of darkness of video games you know what i mean like when you, mm. it's so compelling and it's so interesting and I, I it's it's like two dollars on steam all the time so it's like there's no oh, excuse for everyone well, i have to get it yeah if you have an xbox it's backwards compatible i've played through that game more than dragon age origins i've i beat dragon age origins like 11 <laughs> times i've beaten spec ops line probably 20 times i've played it for many people just to ha experience them getting through these plot points and 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 experiencing the cognitive dissonance and experiencing the rug pull that happens over and over throughout that story and it's incredible well another point or a game you guys more likely have played have you played the first bioshock i haven't actually oh my I, god i don't know i, I call the myself same thing gamer, in there but man I, I i find more and more when i talk to serious gamers I'm not a gamer <laughs> i'm oh. a very passive narrative driven story based game is what i like you know like i am i don't I don't play hardcore anything, I guess. Well, that's fine. Because I, what I always explain to people when I'm talking video games is I understand that I'm like the very small minority of people who just collectively does everything. But it's like just the fact that you haven't played like seminal pedestal games, like that doesn't mean that you're not a gamer. It just means that you have more to experience in the future. It, it, people like me <laughs> love it when someone goes, I haven't played Bioshock. And I go play bioshock you're gonna love it and i can't wait to talk to you about it you know what i mean that's the kind of person i am i love hearing that, that is a great perspective thank you for sharing that you just lifted <laughs> the me guru, up the guru of gaming 
Only positive, my son. <laughs> that was very nice. That was that was well said too. That was that was perfect. What is Bashak? I'm trying to Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock. Sorry, I misheard. I was like Bashak. I'm like, what is this? Like that some Indonesian? Really like, that sounds like, like, yeah. like it's some kind of Hindi game. I would play that though. <laughs> yeah, I played the Bioshocks. I played the. I actually, I played the first one. I forget how I got it for free. I played it, and then I I was really impressed. So when the second one came out, I just bought it. I think for the PS3, and um, I was gonna ask that. I was gonna ask what you guys, how you guys feel about like when it comes to really any kind of game. It doesn't have to be an RPG; it can be a shooter. Do you like something that the story is more on rails, where you don't make decisions, or do you prefer that you make you were involved in decision making and it matters, like uh, like Legacy of Kane, for example, where like you literally get the choice to you know save sacrifice yourself and save the pillars of eternity or damn the world and become its like evil conqueror i don't really have a preference i kind of like allow the artists to express their art and whatever way they see fit and i just kind of interpret it through that lens um i just want the things that i'm playing to be consistent about that um one real big hang up me and philip sometime this year played a game called gears of war 5 and that game, the, that entire series, it never has any kind of like narrative, like divergent, right? It's always this is the story that you're playing, and you're just experiencing it through the eyes of these characters, and you you aren't these characters, you're just playing the game, right? But there is a moment in Gears of War Five towards the end. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is an extreme narrative choice that has explicit implications either way and we had like a 25 30 minute argue like a legit argument on the podcast and even off the podcast we argued about this probably for two hours straight just trying to figure out what was correct in the story and we couldn't we couldn't pin it down and it's 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 moment that completely soured my entire experience that one random narrative choice at the end that chooses your ending because it's not like is it the good ending or the bad ending it is like specifically it like how what is the canon ending of of gears of war 5 now because that means now when you play gears of war 6 someone's going to be wrong right and you're going to go into gears of war 6 going either it's either that or they have to split the game and either shell <laughs> these characters because one could be dead one could be alive so now they're only side well, characters or like they're in very they did that with mass effect right they did but, but they, it, would lo- it was single player and it would load your save well, I mean, I think the specific thing about Mass Effect is that the game you are Shepard. The game encourages you to put yourself as Shepard, rather right. than Gears of War, where these are ex- these are fleshed out characters with their own personalities and their own right. roles. And so, I I do I that's you caught me because I had to think about that for a second. I was like, wait a minute, they did, and I love Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my favorite kind of game is. Um... I mean, I don't really mind if it if it's either my choice or it's on the rails, as long as the characters are fleshed out. Really, that's what matters to me. Like, um, I love uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Becoming Human, like those oh, kinds. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Dawn. Those are fun. Those are those are great games. Those are immaculate stories. Those those movies are they're that's what they are. They're movies with buttons, <laughs> but they're yeah. they're amazing. Um, and, but I also really like, you know, old school God of War, Prince of Persia. Um, what, what other games? Um, I can't think of, <laughs> I can't think of any titles right now, but you know, like I like, I also do like on the rails, like storytelling. So for me, the, the, the mode of storytelling doesn't really matter as long as there is a story to play, you know, to, 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 to 
explore and i but i don't like games like um skyrim um and uh oh, blasphemy i know right <laughs> uh what else, what else uh dark souls where you where the stories within the environment and you have to discover it i that's just not it's it's not fun for me i like i don't want to spend hours reading like this is a, not only is reading already difficult for me but it's like it's not just what i want to spend my time doing i would much rather like be playing a movie like that's pretty much what i want well in defense of dark souls there's actually two narratives at work in the game you have the in-game lore which you can research and experience or watch you know 30 hours of youtube and get the full story but i believe the true <laughs> narrative dark souls one is the player experience of dropping right. in uh experiencing the suffering and then basically you get the two endings of either overcoming or failing the game going hollow and never playing the game again well, right. there, well, when, I, when i say reading books i mean reading books in game like like skyrim yeah. skyrim is full of like <laughs> books that you're supposed to read to get in-depth lore i'm like that's just not it like sorry like i'm skipping over all that well like, in defense of skyrim though i think skyrim is a theme park when it comes down to it of where you can yeah. just go where you want, ride what ride you want. And even in theme parks, they have like the the museum section of like, oh, Disneyland was founded back in 1939 before the war or something like that. Like, you can go and read that <laughs> stuff if you want to to get the backstory. But Wait, that's not yeah. why everyone goes into the theme park to begin with. The theme park. I, right. I get what you're saying. But I mean, I don't want to. I want I, when I play a game, I want the story, and the story is not. Okay. I got you. If I have to discover the story, like that's not fun for me. Like it I makes, want the story being told. It, it, there, there. Oh, most games usually have like a skeletal structure of a, of a narrative, mostly to just motivate you to get from point A to point B. It's like in your Breath of the Wild. You show up. There's Ganon. That's the end goal. And then everything you do is 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 uh, adding to the idea that you have to defeat Ganon. And Skyrim is kind of the same way. It's like where it, Skyrim's a lot more open because it's like what is exactly do you want to do it's kind of explorative but it, it you made me think of uh prey the new prey um, oh that's a good one where it's it's like what is the experience that you're attempting to have it does seem kind of like a theme park where you get to, you have a season you have the all day pass and you can ride whatever ride you want because pray if you want to be the strong guy that lifts things out of the doorways you can or you can hack or you can be the guy that reads all the emails and finds all the passwords that way or you can be the guy that can climb up to the top of the roof and go in through the air ducts sneakily like it's it's a sandbox and you just and it just get, presents you all of these tools pray was one of those games where i was overwhelmed at the first time i played it similar to dragon age where I yeah. tried to play it one way and didn't understand, and I had to go back with new context to try it out. Well, Prey is a good example, too, of a game that I would say is a good example of a game that I actually really like, but it, as you said, it I, I felt lost immediately. And also, I think the main con for me for that game was the fact that I never felt motivated as the main character to give a shit um, because <laughs> the, the begin, you know what I'm saying? Like, the backstory does undevelop as to what you are and what's going on but because of the emergency that you're sort of just thrust into right at the beginning of the game it's like well, why do i care i mean really what I, what all i really care about right now is survival well why do i care about surviving what am i surviving for just for the sake of surviving even though i'm essentially what like an experiment i'm not like i'm not something that's of any real content or meaning so i think that was a problem i had with with prey but overall i think it's um it's a really good game. Although I have to say, 
I like the original Prey better. I thought uh, I thought that was a really cool, fun kind of Duke Nukem style, you know, uh, tongue in cheek like horror action game. They call that style of shooting games uh, boomer shooters now. <laughs> and Bo- boomer shooters. Boomer yeah, shooters. So they can yeah. boomer shoot this man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love Prey too as well, man. The portal technology, the old Prey is insane. I can't believe they got that running in like 2006. Like it's crazy. Oh yeah. I forgot. I was that's gonna say of, something, but I boomer shooter jumped well, in my yeah, head, no, that was, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Well, we were talking about um, just sort of like narrative and like it being on rails or being or having more more choice. Um, I guess for me, really, like I I'm the kind of gamer where and I'm, I guess most gamers are like this. Like it's really too easy for me to just give up my free time to gaming, right? So that's why I usually play games that demand a lot of time. And it's sort of depressed. What? De- well, here's something I wanted to bring up. It depresses me now that there's so much time wasting elements of modern games, especially Dude. in modern MMOs. Mm-hmm. Like they do not respect your time at all. They want you sucked in, paying attention to the store as often as possible. Like it's really, ag- it's like more aggressive to me. I've been to Vegas. I felt like Ve- at least Vegas. <laughs> when I left the casino, I felt like I was free. You know what I mean? Like I'm a- I'm on the street. But it's like you never get that feeling with a lot of modern games. And, and and it's it's shitty that a lot of that has gone into even like single player gaming. Like why wouldn't mm. a single player game respect my time? I've paid you for the product. Now I'm playing it. Our transaction is over. Well, that was the biggest uh, problem was gameplay time. Um, back in like PS2 and 3, like that's what they were talking about a lot was like how many hours of gameplay. Like, wow, we have this much gameplay. Oh, yeah. We got this much yeah. map space. Yeah. We got this. We got that. And everyone was loving it. And it was bigger. was always better. Point. For the longest time, that was how it was. Now you got games like uh assassin's creed odyssey which is literally a freaking odyssey i played 155 (laughs) hours i am so mad still about that game because it it just it was such a a time suck i'm like i'm not having fun anymore like this is no longer enjoyable like i'm just grinding tedium and and it's just it was tedious and it was back and forth and back and forth and the fast travel was not um elegant it wasn't it, it wasn't convenient it was always all over the place and i'm like this is it, it it was infuriating i hated how big it was and how much i had like just open sea like there was just it's like why <laughs> there's no reason for it i was i oh man it, it, you that is a trigger for me for when sure you had to spend 15 minutes at sea just to get to one map point to click x one time yeah it's like this is not it's not it not having fun did not enjoy I mean, the story was okay. I, I mean, the story hasn't been the same since Desmond had died. You know, like so. It's like once, once you know, Assassin's Creed Three ended. It was like okay, now they're trying to find themselves again. Like, how do we create a good story? Like it, it took them a long time to like have and until what was uh, Origins. I feel like until Origins, they finally found their footing again. Um, and I, I liked Origins. I like Bayak. He's a fun character and everything um but like without that um reason to be in the simulator like it's for me the 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 history part aspect of the game doesn't really um it doesn't it doesn't sound as full it's not as rich without like the 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 present aspect because like the the present like it gives you urgency and and it gives you like you know like like this is why it's important that you're doing this and like when you were playing just some no name abstergo um 
employee agent whatever like that that was so boring to me i'm like this okay like cool becca and sean are there kind of but it's like this is this is dumb like there's no reason that i'm here you're in a video game and you have a job (laughs) yeah it's like cool like it's not like i'm trying to escape the job (laughs) oh that's funny because like some games some video games now they literally are jobs there's simulators of jobs like what was like the mowing <laughs> one that, that i love that that there's a company that makes like games where you have to like ride a mower or drive a truck oh, like farmer simulator yeah or farm trucker. and it's just like that's that's kind of interesting you know like someone made a good point on the comments i read once it's like it's like yeah it's like it's boring to you because you have grass where you live i was like i never thought of that what a twist really funny which like, yeah, you've never I seen grass. Like, I don't mow <laughs> anything in my apartment. On our pod, we re- reviewed a power washing simulator. And oh, yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> I ended up with, I don't even remember how many hours in that game, but it was over 50 hours. And wow, it becomes yeah, to a wow. point where a narrative develops. Because in the beginning, warn you, it is a power washing simulator. That is it. You are just power washing. But the longer you play the game, people start sending you text messages. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like, cleaning a house that looks like a boot in the middle of a forest and things just keep escalating till eventually you spoilers for power wash simulator uh aliens arrive and it turns out the aliens had come beforehand and they set up a system with an ancient temple because there's a earth destroying volcano that's going to erupt and you need to like clean off the mechanisms in this temple <laughs> to reactivate a giant power washing geyser that puts out the volcano and saves the world. But this isn't until 40 hours into the game that this <laughs> narrative <laughs> erupts. And I'm like, it's so funny. It's like, only for so the dedicated fans. <laughs> but I beat it. That's really I, cool. I like that concept though. Like why wouldn't that be the hero of the world? You know, like you know, I, maybe I, we need a bus driver. It's just that's that's what we need right now to save go the world. Fifty-five. Sorry, yeah. not today. <laughs> but you no, know, I I really like simulator games, like the um, the idea of them because what they turned into is really funny. Um, like like that, like a power washing simulator turning into a save the world from uh, from you know uh, volcano destruction and aliens are helping you. Like that's so silly and awesome. Uh, you have surgeon simulator, which is just a goofy game because you, you can't really control it properly. And you have all these other kinds of simulators like that. I think that's really, that's a unique and creative aspect and like a take on that kind of like genre because it became more than a simulation. It became, well, it became a joke. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. I think my favorite is goat simulator. Dude, that is, yeah, I haven't played it, but it looks so good. <laughs> you know what I was upset, too? Like, there was one there's one that was on Steam on, like, uh, Early Access or whatever. Not even Early Access, but, like, on Steam Forever, right? It's called Bomb Simulator. Mm. And I I really hope they fi- they they do prop- they, they do that game properly because right now it doesn't look good. But, man, I just, just something so hilariously offensive but yet fun about being just being this bum troll just like going around the city just like causing all this like minor havoc like i'm okay like to me that's so appealing as a video game you know i don't know yeah no it looks like it i've seen a uh, an ad that or something. say that again i feel like it could be like a mini game in grand theft auto i mean it kind of is more likely Oh, yeah. dude yeah grand theft auto like games like that uh or even like or, like I, I guess any rockstar game like even like red dead redemption 2 which i absolutely love oh that reminds me of something i wanted to say earlier so like yeah you hate 
it really pissed you off when you had to get on a boat. This is like endless sea and odyssey, right? Because I just, I, I feel like I agree with you that when it's just when when something like that is added to the environment and it's just time wasting, it's just an element of 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 travel. Let's say, yeah, I agree. But in a game that does exploration beautifully almost expertly i would say is red dead redemption 2 because i've never beaten that game and i probably never will because every time i i load it up all i'm doing is catching horses and hunting that's all i want to do i just want to see the fauna and experience like weird random shit on the road i don't want to feel like i'm you know the leader of a gang or saving the world or any of that shit i just want to be a cowboy doing his thing you know and i and i think in that game, it's an example of how fun it can be when you actually add content to what's out there rather than just a, a giant empty pool that wastes your time. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It gives you, it gives other players a choice to either follow the story or to f- just kind of do their own thing, um, which I do. I think that's 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 okay. That's fine because I, I still get what I want and you get what you want, so it doesn't hurt me to, to any. Um, I didn't find fishing and hunting and stuff like that all that fun in that game, but <laughs> that, that's what you like. That's what you like, and that's cool. It's 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 gargantuan when I think about um, when games that open world games, especially that attempt pretty much everything. They attempt mini game. They attempt first person shooter. They attempt racing. They attempt narrative. They attempt RPG. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's one of those oh, yeah, games that Rockstar's one of the few companies that really nails it and puts the money and time. And I, I feel like the chance too, because like the GTA games especially get so much flack. And, and I mean, rightly so. There's a lot of basically offensive th- uh, themes and things that you can do. But I also love it for that. I like the idea that I can just sort of explore my dark side in, in a video game without hurting anyone in the real world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it would be so disingenuous. To, to me, it's so disingenuous to just pretend that. Uh, you know, inert in all of us is the Superman morality all the time. Like, that's just not true, right? We all have our dark thoughts and our and our weird fantasies. And video games should be, a, I think, a great way to just sort of, like, explore that or at least let it out. Right. So. I think that's interesting. You kind of brought to mind Mass Effect for me again with the Paragon and Renegade system. Like, with, mm. with Grand Theft Auto, there's no, like, real, actual, tangible uh, downside to running around shooting. Yeah, consequence. That's the word I was looking for uh the you 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 can go around spawn some tanks and then kill a bunch of people but then when you respawn the blank the slate is clean you shook the etch a sketch right whereas yeah. when you play mass effect you can be comically evil and it's hilarious actually it's i love i love it so much but whenever they came back with the analytics at the at the end of the trilogy they you see that it was like 96% of everyone chose par- paragon uh choices rather than renegade choices like in in each mm. of the games and it's like mm-hmm. whenever you present a actual like uh uh consequence to your actions that you that is irrevocable you have to reload a save if you want to go back like most people tend to not explore that evil side and it almost brings yep. to mind like it's like the devs went through countless hours of working on this evil content for almost no one to ever see it and it's like how how like how much is too much how much is how much is it until you Mm. breach that line to it being a giant waste of time where when they went into mass effect andromeda they tried to open it up they didn't they didn't have a evil and good they tried to have like eight or nine different things like this is the logical choice and this is the whatever choice and this is whatever whatever and that ended up being a clusterfuck because nobody liked it. it it's like it almost this binary is something that's like deep in our 
our Manula Oblongata or whatever we have in our brain. It's like we They're want great that kind live, of man. <laughs> yeah, we want. No, that yeah, I think philosophically. I think that, well, I mean, that, that to me, that's the basis of morality is consequence, right? It's like, uh, uh, we've talked about this many times in other episodes, and I don't want to open Pandora's box, but just to quickly say, like, one thing that social media, especially, but that distance uh, sort of, like, um, pardons us from is the, the real consequence of being mean, right? So it's like Louis C.K. put it beautifully once on Conan O'Brien. He's like, he's like, you know, if, if you make fun of someone's, like, a feature of someone's you know, physicality in person, and then you see them react in an ill way, you feel bad. You, oh, that, you know, oh, that doesn't feel good. I, I hurt that person's feelings. But if you do it on your cell phone, you're just kind of like, oh, that feels great. You know, like, screw you. You're, you're ugly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it brings out, uh, I think, what is like sort of this, I don't know what to call it, the safe bully, the woke bully, whatever you want to call it. And it's awesome that video games kind of like, in a weird way, remind us that that's how we function. It's like, we don't want to be, um, you know, like ill or, or do bad things consecutively because it, it changes us in an ill way and it makes us feel shitty. I mean, in, <laughs> in life maybe, but in a video game for me, yeah. I, I almost always choose evil if I can because evil powers are almost always better. I mean, if you go with um, uh, what's uh, Dante's Inferno, mm. the, the evil mm -hmm. power, the evil path was way more fun. But uh, the crosses were so strong though. Yeah, it's not as cool looking. And, you know, it's yeah. way, it was way more fun to be evil. Like the those power of Christ compels you, man. <laughs> not yeah. me. Um, and then what was the other one that I was going to say? Um, infamous. Infamous. Yeah, yeah. The evil powers in Infamous were way better. It's like 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 they just worked better, and it was way more fun. And I don't have to worry about civilians, and I don't, it just it doesn't matter. It was great. Oh, man. Well, no, the question I really want to ask you specifically is, uh, have you guys played Scorn? Not yet. No, I've been I've been following Scorn for ever since like it was announced. Uh, oh. and, and it originally just my interest in it is because I love like body this what what's it like like miasma you know like horrific you know flesh mending and you know, all like or you know yeah. transmutation body, horror. body yeah. horror yeah and i you know that's why i love like you know old old tool videos and stuff like that uh or why i love the zamitsi in, in vampire uh so it very much appeals to me but no go ahead i haven't played it yet well specifically in that game we talk about how like having the choice to do bad is you know like it's good to have that in your narrative like i can choose the evil option i can choose the good option in scorn you do get choices but basically every choice is inflicting pain on another person is usually how it results you or inflicting pain on yourself mm. so you are basically so kind of like, like solace, i mean the like the zen existence is to stop playing the game i guess just don't just give up and die but mm. in your narrative you will cause harm to others and you will hurt yourself and you like all your you question your actions every step of the way. So in a world where ninety six percent of the people want to choose the good option, when you don't have the option for a good path, do you guys feel like you're being like overly railroaded or cheated out of your narrative in the game? Or well, that's an interesting. You know, what you just made me think of is I I feel like um so yeah most people choose good path overall right, but I feel like a lot of times that's just because the reward is more enticing and by and here's what i mean because you would think 
you know, like the dark side with Jedi's, right? And and then Sith, the the dark side's more rewarding power wise, but it isn't more reward re- rewarding uh, in the society at large, right? And what yeah. do people want? They want positive attention. You want fame. You want celebrity. And in video games, I find, and even really even movies too, that's really the real reward for being the good guy is you become famous, right? If I feel like if you became famous in a positive way for doing evil things, maybe more people would choose the evil path. And then if that was true, is it still evil? That's a good question. Mm. Sounds like a fable question. Yeah. I was thinking about fable mm. as well. What I was saying before I was before I was ungraciously booted out by my Xbox um, was you were you were reminding me of a lot of different games like Jade Empire and Kotor mm. and like Fable as well uh, or Mass Effect where not well not really Mass Effect but these games that do reward you for uh, being evil more than they reward you for being good but at a cost of like societal uh, shunning, which is what you were talking yeah, about. That was an, an, an infamous, especially I, cause I agree with Zach that the, the, the evil powers are just way more fun. Plus red to me looks cooler yeah, than a bunch of holy it, light, you yeah, know, like I'm some angel cooler. or something. Um, but, uh, and that's just, yeah, that's just maybe some people like being the angel. I just don't. And, and but, fable too. I mean, yeah. you just look more badass when you do evil shit, but like, that, but that is I'm the underlying thing that you and stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's too, like how come we haven't seen that like where's where's the video game that lets you just make a proper fat character like why can't i just be bacchus once you know what i mean like i that would be fun to me like in character, creation. character creators yeah. now well, i mean maybe soul calibur i guess soul, soul calibur yeah you can kind of do it in that that's true i mean there's there are some games that 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 allow it but i actually had an idea for a video game that I think, and I'm here we go. I'm gonna lose money just giving it out on, on, the, on the on the podcast. But a char- all it is is a character creator, and the idea really is kind of stolen from a company called Hero Forge. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. So they're awesome. I love Hero Forge, and there's a whole Reddit dedicated to, to people just making models and showing them off, never actually buying the damn thing, right? And I thought, man, wouldn't wouldn't there be an audience for just the character creator? Like some people I've, I, even I've sometimes spent like in Skyrim, for example, I'll spend an hour making a damn character. Or when I used to try to do the celebrity lookalikes, you know, like I got to have Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Nord, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. <laughs> so, I see what you mean. I uh, you, you would love Solasta. I just got it for Christmas. I made one character. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. It's really good. That was the thing when I, I would just sit and make. I made like twenty characters, and I was like, "Here's the backstory for yeah. this character." I'm like, I didn't realize how much I liked D and D until I started just making random characters in that game. I can't wait to actually play that. I'm waiting to play it with a friend of mine, who, the, the the friend who bought it for me. Um, but just from watching the videos on that, that is that looks like the truest D and D version of like video game version of D and D that I've seen yet, and based on a version of D and D that I don't even like. So I'm actually. Kind of excited to play just to see what they do with it. Like what how well games it Solasta. Solasta. What what is it based off a of fifth edition then? Yeah, it's based off of fifth. Um, but it's like as true to fifth as possible from what I take. I mean, you you tell as me as a about video it. game. You guys How's that yeah. work? Uh, they got uh, the rights from is a Wizard of the Coast that holds the rights to it. Well, they got Hasbro owns it now, but yeah, they got permission to use the full names, the rule set. Uh, they did a little bit of adaptation, but. It is literally fifth edition in a video game. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's pretty neat. And like, whenever you have like a bunch of NPCs you can talk to, and everyone, it's like whoever has the highest persuasion <laughs> does the persuasion talk, or you can do the deception talk, or you can do the intimidation talk, and it like each character gets to like shine in their own different ways and stuff like that. And like most RPGs, most customizable games like this, the fun, a lot of the fun comes from just breaking the game, finding ways to do that, like you were talking about in. Uh, in uh, Dragon Age Origins, oh, and yeah. uh, that was a lot of my fun oh, as yeah. well. Was trying to figure out how ridiculous I can make my. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like once the game reveals to me that it's got cracks, you know, I'm water. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, what I'm saying like <laughs> I'm just gonna to find more it. cracks. Yeah, so I can't help. I, my brain. I often refer to it as like Sherlock Holmes. It's like when I'm watching a movie. If if I'm watching a movie or playing a video game that I'm smarter than it actually pisses me off because I I'm, I'm a, I immediately start rewriting the script and the plot and in my head it's better and I'm pissed off that it's not what I'm playing or, <laughs> or watching yeah and then I figure shit out I figure shit out too early it's like okay you know I used to be bad actually I had a friend who couldn't stand going to the theater with me because I was that asshole who would just be like I'd lean over and whisper he's like he's gonna do this next and then this and this is the reason why and she's actually dead and be like dude shut the fuck it's up. fucking like, door the explorer relax you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I've I've gotten rid of that. I don't do that anymore. But yeah, like it's just it's really something that I don't know triggers me. I guess. I had this moment in time where like there was a lot of people who would come over and we would just smoke a lot and we would watch movies and they like they would they made me watch a what is it one flew over the oh, cuckoo's nest one. and they'd pause it every now and then they'd be like hey what do you think about what's going on and I'd start explaining stuff and they'd be like. He's fucking calling the movie. He's fucking figuring it out already. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to do that, but at the same time, it's a little disappointing. You know, that's why I love uh, when a movie like properly surprises me um, or like a video. Oh, God. So going back to Dragon's Dogma, just for an example, there's many other examples. But one thing I really, really loved about how the narrative was done in that game, the story was told, was that it was in the game and it didn't hold your hand at all. Like there's a scene. And the game's old now, so I'm not, I don't care if I spoil the scene. But there's a scene where you go to meet the princess in her chambers, but it's like late at night. But that's the only time you can go to see her when she's, you know, the guards are few or whatever. So you go to speak with her, and then you hear the king coming. So you hide. And it's actually quite comical if you make, because I had a giant character one time too. So you don't really feel like behind the, like, you know, her dressing, uh, what do they call that? Like her um, the armoire? wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, like her armoire, whatever. You're, hi you're hiding behind the furniture. And you can still see like your hat poking out. But anyway, so the king is coming. So you hide and the king gets into an argument with the princess over something over a topic you don't understand, but it's, it's, it's interesting. So you're kind of like listening in and then suddenly he starts choking her. And this, this scene made me real feel really guilty because in life I am very hot headed about men who hurt women. Right. They may even be in the right. Maybe they, maybe that's like some <laughs> evil woman that's like trying to kill him. I don't know. But my point is that that really triggers me. And in that scene, when he was like he was choking her and it seemed like for kind of long time, kind of like Kratos versus Zeus time, like is this going to end? And then he kills her. And I did nothing the first time I, I ran through that scene. And it really bothered the fuck out of me. I was like, oh, man, like, could I have saved her? So, I, of course, I reloaded. It was far back. I play like another 20 minutes to get to that point again. He's choking her, and I come out around the corner, and in that game, you can grapple, like, targets, which is really cool. So I literally just lift the king and throw him, like, against the wall, like, you know, shit crashes. Yeah. And I'm just, like, so thrilled in this moment. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, yeah, bring it on, king. And, and, you, and, it, and it does. It saves her if you do that. But you have to make that choice physically. 
And boy, that that stuff like I think even now it bothers me that that the first time I watched that scene, I was just expecting it to you know the game to do its own yeah. thing. Like I didn't matter. And boy, after that, I was in love with that game. Like just like that was the the clincher, you know. That is an amazing use of the the uh, the medium that the story is taking place in. And I again suggest you play Spec Ops Online I'll, because I'll, I'll it has, is full of that. God, I love it so much. But uh, there are moments. I I'll tell this one part like at the beginning because it's, it's an inconsequential choice. But there are two guys that are the game. The whole game is uh, you are uh, American military. Which by the way, the whole game you are an American military soldier shooting other American military soldiers oh, the rough. whole time. Like, you are killing other Americans. It's really interesting. I have no idea how this game got made. Yeah. But um, there's no no idea how it got greenlit. But uh, it's like they, uh, you show up, and there are two guys that are, like, hanging by their wrists uh, from a uh, a sign, right? Like like a, like in yeah, high West, right? An overhead sign. And um, so they're hanging there, and you are talking to – you're talking to kind of like this evil guy, and he's like, hey uh, – the guy on the left stole a bunch of it's it's the whole thing is like in dubai there was a sandstorm it's a horrible disaster basically dubai's a wasteland now from a giant sandstorm and the guy on the left stole water which is incredibly important it's being rationed out he basically probably had forced some families to to die right but the guy on the right killed the guy on the left's family for stealing Mm. the water trying to chase him down he killed their family on accident so it's like do you punish this guy or do you punish that guy and you you, and he's like shoot him make your choice well you can choose to not shoot him and then the snipers that are on the edge will take the shots or you can choose to shoot at the snipers and your squad that's with you will be like yeah fuck this choice and they'll start shooting at the snipers (laughs) trying to save the two people from being shot that's never implicitly told Mm. to you or explicitly also shoot the rope that's just a choice that you can just make Yes, you can try to shoot the rope as well, and I think your sniper will try to shoot the rope. I can't remember if that's a choice or not, but it's it's really interesting. I played uh, the games that let you play with that space. No, I I like the Spec Ops games. I played them when they were like on the PlayStation One. Um, so like the I think that was their first like iteration or whatever was on the PlayStation One. If we're th- if I'm thinking about the same series of games, um, yeah, this is a, a, a an extreme reboot. I see. Though. Okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm starting to think now because it's been some years, but I, I may if it was on the PS One, I think I may have even owned it and played it. Because when you're talking about it now, it sounds really familiar, like really familiar. So yeah, either way, I'll check it out again. But um, um, I don't know, Zach. Did you have any questions? I mean, we pretty much covered everything that I that I thought to ask. I'm yeah. Like, what kind of video games do you play for storyline base? And I mean, I guess the only other question would be, what kind of game? do you gravitate more is it story driven is it is it gameplay what kind of gameplay if so i think i i'm mostly uh mostly gameplay is king for me for the most part but there are a lot of different games that i will i it just depends on what the game is presenting to me so it's like i play doom eternal i'm not reading any fucking audio logs Mm -hmm. but if i play bioshock i'm listening to anything i can get my hands on i'm like rubbing my face on the edge of every map trying to find each audio log and figure out what the hell's going on because it's so interesting um there are specific types of games for everyone and i think that's why like you were saying before video games are king as far as narrative is concerned and with the whole interactivity of it all it makes everything so much more personal 
Um, like there are specific games where it's like there's no narrative at all the whole time you're playing, but there is a narrative, and it's like your lived experience, like Philip was saying, with Dark Souls or games like Scorn and Limbo and Inside, all of these games where words aren't explicitly told to you and you're not reading anything, but there is an overarching narrative. Another game I think of is this indie game called Unpacking, where it's a puzzle game where all you're doing is unpacking from moving, right? And you're taking things out of boxes and putting them on shelves however you want. You can just decorate. But as you play, a narrative develops where you are a young girl at first, and then you're growing up, you're getting more mature, and then you move out, you're going to college, you have a roommate, now you have a, a, a boyfriend, then you break up with that boyfriend, like you, and nothing is told to you, it's only through unpacking the stuff that you realize that there is a narrative yeah. happening, and that's why I love video games so much, and there's so many unique and interesting experiences that you can get from them, um, as far as, you know, narrative. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I, I never never heard of a unpacking. That sounds interesting. Yeah, which that one's pretty subtle because my ten year old daughter played that one and told me about it, and she was like, "Oh, you just get to decorate a place." And meanwhile, I'm like, "I don't think that's what that game's about." But okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no aliens at the end. To no, not that one. Calling a power washer at the end to save the world. Uh, for me, whenever I'm looking at like you know narrative in a game, uh, what really like I love a good twist. I love a good sinuous sacrifice or uh dead space one like a game where you recontextualize your experience but what i really want is the narrative in the experience itself which is we review co-op games i want the social narrative that me and my co-op partner develop along the way like yes growing up like i've been married for like 10 years at this point and me and Jana spent like the first five years. We still go back and play every so often playing League of Legends, playing support and ADC in the bot lane. Uh, and our narrative would just erupt from there. Of like, all right, how's this game going to go? What's going to happen? Because every game of League, even though they all look the same, can be very different based on your matchups. Or when me and they play games for the pot, like we were playing Portal 2 last night. And while we've both played through Portal 2 multiple times before, Playing together became a whole nother experience because odds are we've probably played it together before at the same time, like together. And I don't even yeah. remember it, but we were playing. I'm like, Nave, I don't remember to solve this puzzle. I don't know what's happening. And then we spend, I don't know, 15 minutes on one level over engineering <laughs> an answer when I'm like, wait, hold on. And then Nave just turns around. And he's like, oh, Nate, just stand there. You can see everything from this one corner. You can solve this puzzle. And I'm like, oh, okay. 3D spaces. I got you. And then we solved the puzzle instantly. And I'm like, God damn it, Nave, because I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep. But we're trying to navigate 3D spaces with edgeless safety cubes and laser traps and everything else and thinking with portals. That's the kind of narrative I want is the one that we bring with us to the game. So the game doesn't exactly lend do you? I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Okay, no, that's but it's a meta narrative yeah. almost. Mm. It is no, and I and I, you touched on something that you, you actually answered two questions I was going to ask you. So thank you. Oh, you didn't, know, <laughs> you didn't know you did it for me, but uh, I just wanted to comment on that. Like uh, I often find that I lose interest in a game, or I won't even buy the game if co-op isn't possible. And in my really? mind, yeah, because that just I, I almost exclusively do not play co-op I'm, I'm the opposite because in my mind even the definition of game to me means to play with others so like like you know what i mean that's just yeah. how i grew up that's how i define it so um that's why i also i never like solitaire when i play card games but uh there's like just like you said philip there's something about 
um, the story, the the memories you make too. You know what I mean? And then especially in your case, I mean, it's an, I'm sure you you see it as like a fond way to bond with the person you love most in life, right? Or at least, you know, your other half. So that's, that's I, I, I totally get that. Like I, I find that um, there's so many games I stopped playing uh, because I couldn't do that because it was just so lonely, like, like Skyrim. In fact, it takes a lot for me to finish, even though I played so many RPGs growing up it really kind of, I kind of have to force myself to finish them because there's so much going on and I have no one to share that with. It's just, it's just been the, my storytelling. It's so weird. Like Skyrim's difficult, but DDO is like completely fine. Yes. Like Skyrim, I actually beat Skyrim twice, which is extremely rare for me to do. And I, uh, and I, I really had both times to kind of force myself, especially in Skyrim where like, right away, you're the, you're the, the hero of Kavach. You know what I mean? Like you're just like... Yeah, and it, and and a lot of times that bothers me. I would rather that be my choice, but I also respect the narrative or the story being told because they want you to like make decisions with that responsibility. So that's kind of cool too. I get that, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I just and it, it, it's weird to me. I feel like couch co. I do feel like couch co op or at least co op in general is making a comeback. It is for sure. I really feel like it is. Um, yeah. I've seen more options for it and more, not necessarily couch co-op, but at least. Um, that, that, like, that feeling, yeah, that yeah, theme. Yeah. yeah. Like you can just jump in and play with a buddy kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I'm glad because, I yeah. feel like there's there there are there are multiple different types of games obviously but it's like there are some games that suffer narratively because there is a some there's a friend there oh yeah and the first thing that comes to my mind is dead space 3 where we i don't even know what happens in dead space 3 because the only thing i could think of is my is is philip just stomping on the other side of the hallway and i'm like (laughs) come on we've got to go it's this way and philip was like oh sorry i got turned around and it's like there it's Horror games specifically are incredibly interesting when it comes to narrative because there are some games that can really knock it out of the park, but there it's the interactivity of the game and the subjective nature of playing as something rather than experiencing it through uh, a screen. Like whenever you watch a horror movie, there is a director and an editor that are explicitly this is exactly everything is in place exactly how they want you to perceive mm-hmm. this thing. But whenever you play these horror horror titles, it is like I can't explain to you how often I'll be playing a horror game and I and something goes and I'm like, in the wrong way. Was that? And I yeah. was looking over there. <laughs> I don't I didn't see the scare. There was something scary and I was looking the wrong way. And I it's like when I think back to some of the most uh uh effective scary moments in video games, it's always moments where I didn't have control or something that was predetermined. So the moment I did something specific, the game interacted with me doing that thing. Like I think about Silent Hill 2, where you walk up to, there's a horrible jump scare where you're in a bathroom. And if you're someone like me, you're pressing A on every goddamn thing. You walk into a bathroom and you touch a stall, it's locked. You touch a stall, it's locked. You touch a stall, it's locked. And you start walking away because you touched that last stall. There's a loud rapping on the door. And you're like, <laughs> and you're running out of there like, no, 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 please. But um, it's it's incredible, stuff like that. Or like in Resident Evil 2, there is a two-way mirror and you're and the music stops and you're like, this place is bad. <laughs> But there's a shiny on the other side, and you're like, the game has trained you that you need to go get the shiny. And I don't see any zombies right now, so I'm just going to run over there to the other side and then run back. But as soon as you grab the shiny, a dog jumps through the window. And it's it's so good. And it's because the game, it's because it is set up in a way 
that it is taking your interaction into account, which I think Margo was talking about, and I was talking about with Spec Ops the Line with the uh, with the choices that you could make, or the Dragon's Dogma Princess scene. It's like that is why video games are so effective. And in and whenever you take that away from the player, whenever you're trying to have this uh uh this this experience this movie like experience rather than it, it taking advantage of the medium, that is something that always takes it away from me a little bit. Like it's something that always like lowers my expectation of of yes, everything. I and um th- those are excellent points, and I wanted to add to it uh, just quickly because um a friend of mine is is developing his own video game. And early on, he he had a he 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 couldn't decide if he wanted to have like true physics. It's a three D top down like ARPG style game. Yeah, and he, he couldn't decide if he wanted to have true physics involved. And I argued with him that he should because he he was worried that the experience wouldn't be controlled enough, and that you know there would be moments where uh, the advantage of the player would seem just too great, or that the disadvantage would seem too great. Right, and I said, you want the player to experience unpredictable error because comedy comes with error and i say and, and vice versa and that that's a that's a teacher and it's fun right it's really funny when like you hit a you hit like a dynamite barrel it bounces off the wall and the, the ogre catches it and just detonates right like shit like that that was completely unpredictable right you didn't expect that to happen at all and i think the same thing is true about horror games the moment you add cooperative play in a horror game it becomes a comedy it just it just isn't really <laughs> scary anymore because now you get to share that error and woe with somebody else, right? It's like the only time it stays scary yeah. is when you're isolated. You're the only victim, or you're in the audience. That's the only time, in my opinion. So well, yeah, and I I like that though. I think that's that's part of the fun, right? I know this can really damage the narrative though. In some points, like I remember we were playing a way out, which is a prison escape thriller, and <laughs> at the very beginning of the game, uh, Nave was over there he's getting like beat up in on this the uh was the yard or whatever and the whole point of the case is my character supposed to go over there and rescue him and i was just doing pull-ups and he's like he's like philip come rescue me and he's like doing a quick time event to like stay alive and like i'm not strong enough i need to do more pull-ups and i go back to the pull-ups until i eventually walk over there or he's got to get stabbed in the kitchen during chow hall later on and i'm just like standing there watching him get like almost actively trying not to get stabbed and i'm just you had it yeah like you got it like i have my prompt it's like press x to save friend or something like that i'm just standing there staring at him while he's struggling for his life or what was that one game we played um days on uh, what inside as night days fall what was it days what? you just combined like eight different what games was the game? as, as darkness falls? falls was it as dusk falls or maybe, are you talking about man days of gone no what was the game know. where there was about the kid matter. that did did the murder or something, and there was the dad with the daughter, and grandpa had a heart attack, you know? <laughs> All these games have like, <laughs> <laughs> like you ever notice like a lot of these modern games, like the titles like broken prose from like, you know, a poem or something, you know? It's just like cellar <laughs> yeah. door. You know no. what I mean? Just like cellar door. It was just a it was just a you know Dead movie space, with buttons. Yeah. Only we would vote on what each dialogue option was, and there was like the kid. You remember what I'm talking? It was it, as dust falls. Dust that's falls. it. Yeah, that's the first one I said, Philip. <laughs> uh, I wasn't listening. But that game <laughs> is a narrative experience. Okay. But because of like Nave and me electing to choose some of the stupid options, 
the the story significantly got worse as the as the game went on, where we were obviously not getting the A like plot. There was a... Oh yeah, and it ruined our experience because the game is just a narrative, and so we made the dumbest choices the whole time because usually there were consequences. But it's like there are moments where like there's a kid who fell off of his bike and scraped his knee, and he goes in and he breaks into this house and he opens up a bag, and it's like here's some bandages, here's some gauze, here's some peroxide, here's some oxycotton, and I'm like take the oxycotton. <laughs> yeah, like, and this yeah. thing is like in that game you have an option of like a veto where you can force the like the vote. And so, like, I'm like, no, man, just do, take the bandages. This kid's, like, 10 years old, and he has, like, a scraped knee. And then Nave's like, Vito, you're going to take a whole... And the kid pulls out the bottle, gets a handful of painkillers, and just downs him. It has no narrative impact, by the way. Because at that point, it, it doesn't affect the story. Because yeah, instantly, someone comes home, and it's like, quick, hide. Where are we going to hide? And we're like, hide behind the door. And so the guy walks and opens the door, closes the door, looks to the left, and sees the kid standing there right next to him. Well, he was on a lot of painkillers. Wasn't thinking very straight. <laughs> I love that kind of shit. That makes me think a uh, quick story. Uh, so you familiar? You guys are familiar with the Trine games? Yeah. Okay. So if you aren't, um, if you're just listening or watching, Trine is three characters with specific skills working together to solve puzzles in like a 2d like a two and a half d like side scroller right and um the very first game uh the very first try and i had on playstation 3 so we sat down we see it was me my brother and a friend of ours and we started playing well we're like debating who's gonna play what so i know i took the warrior or my friend took the archer and my brother took the wizard. Well, the wizard is arguably like the toughest player to play because he's got up with a controller. You had to use the, you know, the D stick to actually draw your spells on the screen. Oh, no. And the lines that you make design like these, like, you know, like, like it's like scaffolding shapes, basically like a carpenter would make on a construction site. Right. Mm. So if you want a bridge, you got to draw a straight line. If you want a box, you got to draw a box. Right. My brother was not was not good at this and his approach to solving the problems was so unpredictable we just didn't know like what he was gonna do but we were at it we were at his mercy to like to avoid you know like lava and spikes and shit like that right so we so because he couldn't draw like properly with that stick you know like sometimes we just needed a bridge like simple like okay cool we just need a bridge pete give us a bridge to get across this you know this lava or this like you know alligator pit and then as i'm like midair jumping i get a triangle so now i'm just trying to like juggle my ass like do i go back to safety do i try to cross like it was just hilarious it was just one debacle after another and you know i remember my my friend just laughing just let la i think that's the hardest he's ever laughed maybe in a video <laughs> game i mean he just couldn't talk he was red faced and crying from laughter and you know my brother was like he wasn't like ha having as much fun as we were like you know because he's trying to struggle he's, he's really he wants trying. to be a good wizard yeah, yeah and he's not <laughs> so that that is that's the narrative like, i'm talking about exactly yeah, that that i think i think you're maybe right i think overall that's probably the best type of narrative like you said meta i like that the meta narrative the, the one you you know that creates from the play itself with the people you're playing with i think i really think that even in a game like that perhaps you want to take seriously um i still prefer like to play it with other people like you know like the god of war uh ragnarok right that mm -hmm. is a very serious sort of um dark toned game like there's there's very few moments of levity you know in that game that i that i could recall and um and i didn't play it actually i just watched it played that was just one of those games that i just i just watched which is rare but anyway 
But I, th- I feel like even in that, if someone world. could play Atreus, that'd be kind of hilarious if you could be like the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the young, the young son, right? And just never paying attention to Kratos. I think they'd actually make it funnier if I was playing with someone who was like taking Kratos very seriously and I was playing Atreus mm. and just trolling him the whole fucking time, you know? But anyway, so uh, is there any final uh, stories or, or comments or subjects you guys want to bring up before we uh, wrap this up? Hmm. I'm the worst of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I really. I'm the worst of the final. Check on my notes. Nope, I don't see anything good. Or you can <laughs> just give some advice. A lot of times, I just ask people like, "What's you know?" Tomorrow morning, you wake up, you're standing at the podium, and the the rest of the world is listening and watching. What would you say? Uh, it's a holiday season. Play Spec Ops: The Line. <laughs> what was that name? <laughs> It's a place oh, yeah. back off the line. <laughs> that is all. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Disappear. <laughs> I mean, just uh, we're just doing that. Play Bioshock. Good. Play Scorn. Everyone plays Scorn. I know it looks gross. It is gross. Uh, <laughs> it will. It will do something to you. Scorn is a puzzle game. It's a puzzle game. Not it a is shooter. Not anything else. It's a puzzle game. God. Don't go into it thinking it's something else. No, I'm highly attracted to it. Like I said, that whole like you know body dysmorphia and like you know flesh crafting weird shit. I know it sounds weird to say I'm into that. I like but that word. I really flesh crafting. That flesh sounds, crafting. Yeah. Sounds kind of cool. Well, that's what like I said. I, I, I like it to well. I think I mentioned earlier like the Zamitsi from uh, Vampire the RPG. That they're, they're my favorite because they, they they do just oh, yeah. this most wicked evil shit and like they're just the epitome of what I would say a vampire should be. It's just like un unnatural evil thing. You know, that's just the total, anyway, I could get into it. We'll have to do a podcast on vampire. Maybe sometime. Maybe that's what we should do for another podcast is, uh, do like a, like a on the spot one shot, like just off the cuff and through, you know, you like I'll DM mm. you three role characters and we'll see where it goes. Oh man. I've and never played like vampire. Oh window. God. I've been, bark- I've been barking up that tree for a All minute. Right doing some kind of one shot I'd, I'd be down all right yeah, okay, yeah, okay so i'd be down stuff. too but as long as we, <laughs> got right, we gotta talk scheduling where it comes down to all right oh yeah for that sure sounds good. as long as we can make it fit for everyone that's really is there anything you uh philip and nave is there anything you guys want uh people to know about gaming together you got anything coming up that you're really excited about uh we're just a video game review podcast where you cover a game a week let you know what it's like cooperatively in a Day where not everyone's connecting, we give you kind of like a connection about our experience into the game. Like we're going to be recording right after this Portal Two, which is a old classic co-op hit, I guess. So just check us out. Yeah. Um, the thing about our podcast is every episode is dedicated to one game generally, but we don't. We have a break between when we start talking about the game, the beginning of it. You can tune in every week and just listen to us bullshit for a little while before we start actually getting into the meat of the game. So if you're the kind of person that, like me, like it's like I've never played uh, Dragon Dragon's Dogma, so I'm not going to listen to the episode about Dragon's Dogma because I have no point of reference. Well, you can still come in and listen for a little bit. We've been trying to get people to do that. Yep. Awesome. Right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you guys. Zach, take us home. Anything you want? What should our viewers know about? Well, our viewers should know about our Patreon that we have, um, where to find us. So you can find us anywhere, any Spotify, you know, uh, Stitcher, any any of those major podcasting sites. We have videos now on YouTube, so check us out there, too. Um, we have great interviews with uh, 
other other people as well, not just podcasters, but other forms of media. With uh, we we just had who was that? Uh, was it Garrett from um, America? No, what, what was the one the the, the bar uh, the, yeah the Bards Archive yeah the Bards Archive. So we do yeah. talk yeah we like to we like to uh, basically cover any topics that come to mind and get as many people as we can talking about their life, their profession, and uh, you know their philosophy, their opinions. Bring them on home. At some point, we're going to get offensive. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we've already been offensive to someone, but that's not that's not the goal. The goal is to um to learn and hopefully that you learn along with us. Right. All right. Thanks, uh Philip and Dave. Uh oh, until thanks. next time. Bye. Bye bye.